0: Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. If you will open your Bibles to do 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 do, do Matthew chapter 6. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 6 and uh, we'll get into the 31st verse. Y'all keep us in prayer. My wife and I are future church planners in Tampa, Florida. We're gonna take Tampa by storm. We believe that God has called us there to plant a church. Amen, we didn't think this would happen until we were about 40, I'm 36, and the Lord said, now son, now. So we have stepped out, we have left uh, the comfort cush of Dallas, hallelujah. And uh, we have navigated uh, to Tampa, Florida, and where God has our assignment for the next 40, 50 years waiting on us. And we are excited to serve that city. If you think about us over the next year, could you just please lift us in prayer? Church planning is not an easy thing. And uh, we're being prepared while we're there for about a year before we launch. And I just would appreciate all of your prayers. Anytime you think about us, pray for us. Amen? Here we go. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 31, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It's all right. If you've got another one, uh, follow along with us. We'll get there. Amen. And it says, therefore, do not worry. We can stop right there. That's good all by itself. (laughs) Some of y'all worry way too much. Do not worry. Okay. And this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is is its own trouble." I want to push you back up in the text and just highlight a few things that are worth pointing out. He says, for your heavenly father knows, uh, for your heavenly father knows that you, that you need all these things. Okay. So it says, seek ye first the kingdom of, of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And then it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. So, for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about your things, okay? And I want to use as a, as, as a sermon topic, title, whatever you want to call it, uh, Lord of the Things. Lord of the Things. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. The, Lord the Lord wants to be Lord. Of all your things. Yeah, yeah. Let's pray. Awesome God, do what you do. Amen. Yeah, I heard a wise woman say once before, she said, you don't have to pray long when you live close to the throne. Let's get in this book. Amen? Listen, uh, depending on how you were raised, depending on what you've been exposed to, Depending on the types of needs or desires that you had growing up depends on the type of things that you prioritize in your life. I believe that all of us have things that we have put in place as priority in our lives based on certain things that we've experienced as we grew up. For instance, some of us may have grown up without fathers in our lives, so therefore you've got a fatherless thing that, that you constantly have a desire to 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 try and appease or fulfill so there's this thing inside of you that bends towards affirmation so so there's that thing then maybe some of us grew up poor and in poverty so some of us may have this 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 thing towards making sure that you always have enough money it doesn't matter how many jobs you got to get don't matter how, how many services you got to miss doesn't matter if you can't serve at embassy church you're going to make that money because we got to go get this bag boo boo. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm I'm talking about all these things. I'm talking about maybe even prioritizing uh, uh, jobs and things of that nature because you just have this career path that you've been on and you spend all of this money on your education. So you got to actually go after this particular thing. So now this thing has become a high value in your life and this is the way that I'm going to go. I need you to be careful because things can get us caught up sometimes. And oftentimes how we prioritize things is it can it can really be the deciding factor on how we position those things for God to have those things we have to be very careful that we don't that we don't pull away the things that should be in the hands of God into our own hands and try and make make way with what we have because you know we all gifted we all talented you know we all smart and strong amen you is wise you is strong and you is talented uh i get it but 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 god desires to be the lord of all of your things and by the time we get to into this message i'm hoping that some of us will see some things that we may have harbored or held on to that we need to surrender over to the Lordship of our Lord. Amen? Amen. So before we get into these points, because I got some great points to share with you guys, we had fun in a nine o'clock service. We are gonna have some fun in this service too. Amen, the Cowboys don't play today, so nobody's in a rush, praise the Lord. Amen, we praying for them tomorrow. Somebody pray in tongues only because we have been up and down all season long. Uh, Any Cowboy fans in the house? Let me see where y'all at, all right. The rest of y'all, we're going to do an altar call at the end because you live in this city. <laughs> How are you not going to support your local team? That's sin. Just saying, it's sin. You should repent. Ask God to forgive you, creating you a clean heart. Renew a cowboy spirit within you. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Go. Stay focused. Here's a few thoughts that I want you to think about about your things before we get started, okay? Number one, God knows the things that you need before you ever make them known to him, okay? I need you to understand that God already knows. He created you before your mama knew you, before your daddy ever decided to conceive you. God knew you, and he knew that the things that you have need of, you were going to need them before you ever know you needed them. So you need to understand that we serve a God that is all-knowing and he understands what your needs are before you ever bring them to him because he is the Alpha and Omega, because he is the beginning and the end, because he understands what it is that we have need of, because he made us and created us in his likeness, and his image. He knows everything that we have need of. That's one thought. Here's another thought. I need you to know that God lives outside of the realm of time, so things are no problem to him. That he has time to take care of all of our things, see? Some of us don't understand that God is ever-present. That means he's always there. Some, some, they call it omnipresent. That means he can be in many places in one time. That means he can take care of your things. He can take care of your things. He can take care of your thing. And he can take care of your thing all at the same time because he's just bad like that because he exists outside of the, the realm of time. He lives in eternity. He lives where there is no time. He lives where there is no clock. He lives where there there is no start or there, there no, there's no beginning. He is the beginning of everything, and he is the end of everything. He holds it all in his hands, and he understands, hello, somebody, what you have need of. So your things are no big deal to God. Here's another thought that I want you to keep in mind, okay? Your things, the things that you want, okay, may not exceed God's plan for your things. Because God's plan for your things will exceed your thoughts of your things. That's why the Bible says he's exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, okay? So I want you to just take three seconds to think about the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Some of y'all are like, oh Lord, my man, Jesus, where is he? Mm-hmm, Lord, ooh, ooh, I felt the Holy Ghost. Uh, I want you to think about whatever that thing may be, whatever it is, when we take three seconds, think about it, three seconds, three, biggest thing ever, greatest thing that you could ever have. God's bigger. God's plan for you is even bigger than that. God's desire for you is even bigger than that. God is amazing because he has this, he has this, this habit of exceeding our expectations of the things that we desire, and he has a way of flipping the script on us and say, da-da, here's something better. Da-da, here's something even greater. Da-da, here's an opportunity that nobody else could bring your way but me. So I need you to rest on those three thoughts as we get into these points. Because I need you to understand that God cares about you. He cares about your things and he wants to, he has a plan to see your things uh, uh, be blessed in your life. But he just wants to be the Lord of those things. Amen. Here's your points. You ready? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing that God desires to be Lord over is your heart. The Bible says this about your heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep your heart with all, uh, uh, yes, yes, uh, vigilance. I cannot say this word today for some reason. Amen. Vigilance. Keep it for out of it flows the the wellsprings of life. Luke chapter six, verse 47 says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good. Amen. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. So we can sum up and say that the heart is deceitful, It needs to be kept because out of it flows the issues of life. If that is the case, then my heart needs to be in the hands of God. I want to talk to all my single people in the room, all my single people. Just wave at me real quick. Just a little quick, 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 quick. Oh, good, good. Half of y'all. Great, great, great. Check this out. All my single people, never trust your heart in the hands of man before you trust it in the heart of, of God, in the hands of God. God wants to have your heart before any man has your heart. God wants to have your heart before you give it to any woman. Because if you give it to a person, people don't have the ability to steward over your heart. Like God has the ability to steward over your heart. And your heart is deceitful. That's why you keep choosing wrong. I'm going to go this way so none of those stones y'all just threw up here won't hit me. What if, what if we went about this a different way? What if we trusted our hearts in the hands of God? Because we know that our heart doesn't have the ability to choose for us right. But our hearts in the hands of God wins every single time. God desires to be the Lord over our hearts. God desires to be Lord over our hearts. He said to guard your heart, not to not to lock it up, not to put a wall around it. He said, guard it. That means that you choose what can come in and what can't. He didn't say didn't, don't let anything in, but you need God in your life and holding your heart so he can tell you who, who is okay to come near your heart. I'm talking to people too. We've been hurting relationships, friendships, people on the job, and, and we've closed off. We put this wall up. We say, he said, guard our heart. No, he didn't. He said, guard our heart. He didn't say put a wall around it. But when you trust God with your heart, he'll show you how to how to how to put your arms around people again, how to love people because he desires to be the Lord of your heart. Number two, he desires to be the Lord over your mind. Uh huh. Romans chapter two, chapter 12, verse two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. Philippians uh, chapter two, verse four says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Wow. It starts with the word let, which means that there is a choice, which means that there is a fight, which means that there is a war over your mind. Do you understand that the mind is the control station for the soul? That everything that happens in your life happens because of a thought? That everything you do will be dictated based on what flows through your mind and then it flows to your actions? That if it gets into your head, it's impossible for you not to end up somewhere doing something, being somewhere, having a certain mindset. You have to guard your mind and you have to give that mind over to the Lord because when God comes into your mind, he has to come in and do some stuff because you had some stuff in your mind before you met him. Mm -hmm. I don't know about some of y'all, but I had some situations going on before I said yes to Jesus. And and I need Jesus to go in and just move all that stuff out of my mind because my mind has some crazy stuff in there and I need him to pull that stuff out. I need him to uproot it by the power of his word and push those thoughts aside. I need him to cast down imagination and every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ because my mind needs to be kept by God. And if I don't surrender my mind over to the lordship of who the Lord is then I mess up because I'm making decisions on my thoughts. I'm making decisions on what I think is right. But there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. We gotta be careful not to surrender our minds over to the wrong things. Let me tell you something. Someone's gonna drive in the control station of your mind. You gotta choose who that's going to be. And the Lord wants to sit in that seat. He wants to sit in the control tower of your mind. So when you make choices, you make choices with him being the Lord of your mind. Amen, somebody? Number three, he wants to be the Lord of your purpose. He wants to be the Lord of your purpose. Jeremiah 29 says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are good. Somebody say, God's plan for me are good plans, okay? And here's another thought. God's plan for you is better than your plans for you. <laughs> God's plan for your future are better than your plans for your future, okay? See, your, your, your plan says, give me college education, I need to get a degree. But God's plan could be like, I could get you a degree without having to pay for it. Somebody want to talk. Your plan may be, I need a promotion, Lord. I need to I need I need a dollar raise. God could say, I, I, I got something better for you. I got another job with a whole nother category of raise. Hello somebody. See, because God's plan is always better than our plan as it relates to our purpose. He has the way of guiding us to things that we cannot see. He has a way of opening doors that nobody could open for us except him. We got to make sure that we keep our, our focus on where we're going and see it and understand that God is the Lord of our purpose. We need to stop stop trying to figure this out by ourselves and and, and read books and different things that will tell us exactly how we should do it. And some of us just need to take a moment and stop and pray and say, God, what is your plan for me? What would you have me do right now? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Can I tell you something? I think we make way too many comments towards God and not enough questions we need to start asking God more questions. And if you start asking God questions, he will start giving you answers. He will start speaking to you through his word. He'll start speaking to you through his prophets. He'll start speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. He'll start speaking to you through crazy, strange stuff. People pass you and say something to you. You wasn't even supposed to. Wow, I was just praying about that. Because God has the ability to guide your purpose if you place it in his hands because he wants to be the Lord of your purpose. Let's keep it going. Uh, Number four, God wants to be the Lord of your future. Mm -hmm. Not just what you're doing right now. He wants to be the Lord of what you're going to be doing later. Okay, Philippians chapter one, verse six says, being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on uh, to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, I-, I heard this story once about this old man who had a dog, big dog. He left for a whole day and uh, didn't get home in time enough to feed the dog. He came home, his door his back door was open and it was locked. So he didn't understand what happened. He thought maybe there was a robber. He went back and looked at the tape and he had a a video of his dog throwing himself at this door over and over again because he knew that food was on the other side of that door. And he was so consistent. He, did, he, threw, he backed up and threw himself at this door. It looked painful that he was throwing himself at this door until the lock unlatched and the door opened and the dog got to the food. Okay. What am I saying? I'm saying some of you need to throw yourself at what's in front of you right now. Some of you need to just fully engulf yourself in what you're doing right now. And God has a way when you are focused on what you're doing now, to reveal what he has for you later. See, some of us are so focused on where we're going but we can't do what we're doing. Some of us are so fixed on where we're going and trying to figure out that, that we can't fully commit ourselves to anything. Church, work, friendships, everything is all about the future. But what about now? I once heard that there was there's this there's this saying that says, if you're faithful over a few. I make you ruler over many. Be faithful where you are. Serve bloom where you've been planted. Serve where you're in, where you should be doing everything you can. Stop holding energy for what you think is in the future. Deplete yourself in what you're doing right now. Fully engulf yourself in the thing that's in front of you right now and watch God begin to show you what he has for you next. God has a way of revealing his purpose for us as we serve and showing us where we are going because our future is in his hands. He wants to be the Lord of our future. Number five, you ready? He wants to be the Lord of our past. He wants to be the Lord over your past. OK, he wants to be the Lord over your past. And there's the holy hush. Because some of you do not believe that Second Corinthians 5 and 17 is true. You will preach it to other people. And you will tell other people, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You will tell other people this and you will righteously mean it when you say it. But you will harbor something inside of your heart that you did against the Lord that you truly feel that he has not forgiven you for. And can I tell you something? That little twinge that little thing that you harbor inside of you that makes you feel unqualified to be used of the Lord, will hold you back from being everything that God called you to be. Will hold you back from destiny and purpose that's waiting on the other side. Will hold you back from your worship and your arms being lifted. Some of you couldn't even worship today because you're thinking about what you did last week. You're thinking about what you did last month. But you gotta understand that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, and he's not holding uh, against you what you did anymore, especially when you come to him. See, if any man be in Christ means a present state of being eating. That means that I am in him and when I am in him, there is no sin. When I am in him, there is no guilt. When I am in him, there is no shame. When I am in him, there is nothing that can hold me back from what God wants me to do in the future. See, we gotta stop bringing up the scorecard and stop bringing things back into existence every time God gets ready to do something and then we disqualify ourselves and say, God's gonna do, he's gonna do that with somebody better than me. But can I tell you something? There is no better. All of All of us are ratchet. All of us are unrighteous. All of us without God are nothing, but because of his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and what he did on the cross and the blood that he shed, that we sang about today, qualifies us all and erases, erases the past. It removes the stain. It tears down the walls of guilt and shame. And it puts us in a position when he looks at us, he no longer sees us, but he sees us as his son. Because if any man be in Christ, when God looks down, he sees his son and not us anymore. Somebody needs to hear this because you keep blaming yourself. You keep holding yourself hostage and God wants to use you. But you need to free yourself so he can use yourself. Amen? Keep going. Number six, okay? He wants to be the Lord of your fears. 2 Timothy 1 and 17 says, For, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, I don't watch scary movies, <laughs> I don't like jump scares. I don't like my kids to sneak up on me and try to scare me. I didn't told them already. Look here, boy. You got one more time. I am from the Jehito, that's ghetto in the Greek. I will punch you first and apologize afterwards. Don't you sneak up on me. <laughs> because God has not given me a spirit of fear. So why would I intentionally make myself afraid Keep your haunted house, boo-boo, I'm not coming. (laughs) I don't show up for Halloween night, scare night, scare fest. No, you keep all of that, homie. I'm good. I ain't gonna hate on you that do, but I'm not gonna do it because God has not given me a spirit of fear. Because let me tell you what the spirit of fear does. The spirit of fear will grip you and keep you from stepping in courage. The The spirit of fear, no matter how it gets in, because fear does not discriminate, When it gets in, it's in, and when it gets in, it grabs you, and when it grabs you, it keeps you from stepping forward with confidence, and now you're dragging your feet at opportunities that were made for you, but because you've allowed the spirit of fear to come in and grip your heart, you don't have the freedom to step into it. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind that I'm not embracing the spirit of fear. I've had enough stuff happen in my life to cause fear to come inside of me. I'm not going to choose to entertain a spirit of fear. I'm gonna make sure that my mind is in a good place because when I don't have the spirit of fear, my mind is sound. When I don't have the spirit of fear, I have boldness. When I don't have the spirit of fear, I have authority. When I don't have the spirit of fear, I can flow in confidence. And that's what God wants in our lives. That's why he wants to be the Lord over your fears. He wants to be the Lord over our fears so that we can step out in courage. Hello, somebody. Oh, this is good. Where are my parents at? I know this is the millennial service, but do I have any parents? Wave at me. Just wave at me. Parents, 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 parents. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Real word for the parents. You ready? Future parents too. Y'all take notes here. He wants to be the Lord over your children. He wants to be Lord over your children. I love the story about Hannah and Samuel. Hannah wanted a baby so bad in 1 Samuel chapter one, that she cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, if you would bless me with a child, when you give it to me, I will give it back to you. I will bring this child to you and it will be to your service. And the Bible says that when she weaned Samuel, she brought him to the house of the Lord. And he was used of the Lord from that day. She gives us a great snapshot of what we are to be as parents. And that is to be stewards over our children. We don't own our kids. That's why when they mess up, we have to ask God to do the fixing because it's not our job to fix them. He created them and he just gave us stewardship over them so we can't trip and flip out every time something happens because we have to give our kids over to God. The best thing that my mother could have ever done after she had finished her drug addiction and everything that happened in her life that went bad, the best thing that she could have done was find Jesus and help me find him too. She led me to a place where I could find Jesus, find relationship with him. And when the Lord is in the house, when the Lord is in your child, when the Lord steps in and speaks to your child, woo! He carries way more weight than your voice ever could when God speaks to your kid That's what you need to be praying God give my kid an experience with you God speak to my child God while they're asleep, Whisper in their ear God while they're out have some evangelist that's at school say something about Jesus Hello, somebody stop tripping and flipping out about your kids and surrender those kids over to the Lord I didn't say stop praying I didn't say stop being a good example. I didn't say any of that. I said, don't trip, don't flip out. Trust your kids in the hands of God because he wants to be the Lord of your kids. Hello, somebody. Okay, I'm almost done, guys. Almost there, almost there. Ah, he wants to be the Lord of your money. Now, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here. and I'm not even gonna talk about the stuff you think I'm gonna talk about because y'all already did a series on money and stewardship. Amen. I wanted to share something with you that happened to me about money. When you trust, when you trust God for your resources, when you trust him to be your source, he is more than enough. When I was a young uh, 20-something year old, uh, I was, I I got visited by this African guy, praise the Lord, hallelujah, And, and this African guy brought a prophetic word to me, and he said, he, he said to me, he said, There is a school called Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. You're going to go to this school and you will focus in the area of youth ministry finance. And you, when you graduate from this school, you will go to the northeast region of the United States. Don't worry about you're going to pay for it. God will make a way. I said, well, praise the Lord. So... This word is spoken over us. And my wife and I look at each other and say, what is Christ for the nations? I've seen the sign. I had no idea it was a school. So God begins to do something. We go to the school and we apply for the school because we have to be accepted. And then we find out from our good friend, Fred Lynch, who's in the house. Y'all make some noise for Fred Lynch. (laughs) Who was a professor at the school at the time. We found out that they had a scholarship for black boys from Dallas. Ding, ding, ding. That be me. The OG. (laughs) Literally, my name is Ontario Green. The OG. I said, yes, that's me. They said, we already got 10 candidates, but we'll throw your name in the hat. We'll see what happens. So we apply and then check this out. We take a step of faith and we put in a two weeks notice into my job. We tell them the day that we're going to be leaving because we're going to this school no matter what. I'm going to go on that side of town. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to go to this school. We're going to figure it out. And then they got this tuition only scholarship that they can possibly give out. So they call us two weeks before school starts. Two weeks. Two weeks. And they say, Ontario, we've got great news. You've got the scholarship. I was like, praise the Lord, but here comes that exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask. You ready? This is why you gotta trust God as your resource. They says, we're gonna do something we've never done before. We're gonna create an additional scholarship that is a full scholarship. We're gonna give you housing for your family. We're gonna give your wife a job in the admissions department and we're gonna make sure you have everything you need. We're gonna cover your books, and all you gotta do is keep a 3.0 GPA, and you'll keep it for the life of your time at the school. Can I tell you? First of all, I just wanna take a moment and just say thank you to people like Fred Lynch, who was there on that campus fighting for young men like me to be Bible college educated, and thank God that he is our source. That that we can trust God with our money, that God can be trusted to be Lord over what we need. He knows the monetary need, he knows everything that we have need of before we ask. And his, his thoughts and his heart is for us, and he is usually going to exceed our expectations of what we wanted ourselves. Can somebody say amen? amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last but not least, I got two. You ready? He's going to be the hardest too. You ready? He wants to be the Lord over your words. He wants to be Lord over your words. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We all know it, but we forget it. And I'm going to tell you why because you be talking bad. And I did say that wrong on purpose. You be talking bad. me say it for my proper people. You are speaking the wrong way. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise you, Jesus. You are speaking the wrong way. What comes out of your mouth has creative abilities. You know how I know? Because you were created by someone who had creative abilities with their mouth. Genesis chapter 20, chapter 1, verse 26 to 27 talks about the creation. And he talks about, Genesis chapter 1 talks about the creation, period. And everything he created, he created out of his words. The only thing that he actually touched and did something with was actually you when he actually formed you out of the dust of the ground. But Everything else he did, he created out of his mouth. And I need you to understand that when you speak words into your into your atmosphere, when you say things at your job, when you speak stuff as you're driving in your car, when you're talking to your children and you say things, you need to understand that there is life attached to your words and there is also death attached to your words. And you need to be careful that you have surrendered your words over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So that means that you got to taste your words words, and make sure they taste good before you release them. mm -mm, That's bitter. I better not say that. I better hold that thought to myself. Take captive of that thought because you release that out of your mouth then you're going to get power to it. Ooh, some of us are stuck in a rut because we're not speaking the right stuff. Some of you need to learn how, listen, the old folks had it down. You better start confessing some stuff. You better start opening up your mouth and declaring stuff. You better start saying stuff. And don't you mess around and start saying stuff that lines up with his word. Sheesh. Stuff begins to move, mountains begin to part, things begin to happen, people begin to get healed. Stuff starts to happen in your life when you start speaking it out of your mouth. So you need to understand that there is power in your words and you gotta be careful with what you say because the world around you is listening and you gotta say something that brings life and not death. I am good, God created me well. My mind is well. My spirit is well. My body is healed. My marriage is is, is healthy. My children are saved. Start declaring things over your life. Let him be the Lord over your words. And last but not least, last but not least is he wants to be the Lord over your attitude and your emotions. Sheesh. Let me tread lightly. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let me give you an example of this. I was a water sewer and storm. Um, I worked for a water sewer and storm utility company before I went to Bible college. And I was just full of the joy of the Lord every day I showed up for work. uh, And the owner's brother did not like me having that Jesus joy all over me. This brother had a disdain for the things of God. And I would show up singing old school stuff because I was at like this little old school Pentecostal church. I'd be up there singing, joy bells keep ringing in my soul, joy bells keep ringing in my soul, joy bells, joy bells, joy bells keep ringing in my soul and I show up singing stuff, he'd be like, shut up, that's stupid, just singing all those songs all the time. You get on my nerves just always singing stuff. I don't like those songs. Nobody else likes them either. Why do you sing them all the time? I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my, and if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. sit on attack to stay, <laughs> but you know what? I allowed him to be the Lord over my attitude and over my emotions, and in that moment, I decided to do something. I realized God was using me for something. I realized that this was bigger than me. I realized that my attitude and my emotions had to show forth that they were surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So I would show up every day and I'd be prepared. I would pray on the way because I knew he was gonna give me a hard time. I'd be quoting scriptures in my car as I was on my way and I got there and no matter how ugly he was, no matter how nasty he was, I still remained nice and kind to him. And then I heap hot coals on his head one time by doing this because the Bible says when you're kind to people who are mean to you, it's like heaping hot coals on them. So for the Christmas party, I had my two little munchkins, my cute little munchkins, they were small and cute and I had them walk over and they gave him a gift to, uh, to the Bass Pro Shop. I, we bought a gift card to the Bass Pro Shop and it was an expensive gift card. And he opened it and he looked at it and he was like, man. Rah, rah. Why did you give me this? Why? No, take it back. I said, no, 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 no. This is for you. We wanted to bless you. We wanted to just be a blessing to you. We wanted to just give this to you because we did not, we just, wanted, we just, want, we just, want, we just want to be kind to you. We just want God, this is what God led to on our hearts to do. And it messed the man up. He could no longer be as mean to me because my attitude and my emotions reflected the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what happened. About two months later, he gives me a phone call and his wife was in the emergency room and she had had a stroke. The right side of her body was completely paralyzed and she was unresponsive in the bed and they needed a miracle. And he calls me, of all people, and says, I know y'all be praying at that church. (laughs) I'm telling you the way the man said it. He's unchurched. Y'all be praying at that church. And I'd appreciate if you could just pray for a miracle for my wife. He kind of said it with attitude, you know. He didn't want to be humble. But I knew just him asking alone was humility. So I said, absolutely, I'll pray for your wife. And I prayed the most fiery, faith-filled. God heal her prayer that you have ever prayed in your life And, and, and after I prayed that we hung up the phone, the next day we find out that she is healed and that she's up in the bed and that she's feeling in her right side again and she's moving around and things have come together and that only happened because I refused to allow my attitude and my emotions to get the best of me in that moment and I surrendered my attitude and my emotions over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.